Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, let's talk about equipment. I've been wanting to talk about this for a little while now on the podcast, and it only seems fitting that uh, the GIE Plus Expo is right around the corner. We've got less than a month going now, and it's all about equipment at the GIE Plus Expo. I mean, there's obviously more things to do there. We've been talking about networking and uh, different meetups and events, and uh, there's also training classes and, and things going on, uh, speakers and all kinds of cool stuff going on at, at the GIE Plus Expo. But I would arguably say first and foremost, it's all about the equipment. You know, there's just every anything and everything under the sun. You can demo everything outside. Then you've got the showroom on the inside. You can talk to uh, executives and engineers and sales, marketing, all that in the showroom and see some of the new releases, latest and greatest things. Uh, that's kind of like the time for a lot of brands to uh, wait to release some new products that you can hopefully buy before the end of the year or early next year in the spring before the you know the main mowing and growing season starts you know for whatever uh, services you offer in your business so it's definitely a place to try different things I know myself personally when I was looking to upgrade from the walk uh, belt drive Toro walk behind mower that I started my business with uh, eight years ago and I wanted to get more efficient find a, a hydro mower you know hyd- hydrostatic mower um, for easier steering and control and all that uh, faster speeds and so on doesn't have gears like the belt drive that I had so just very very efficient. Uh, to have a, a hydraulic mower, whether it be a sit-down zero-turn or a stand-on zero-turn mower. So I did a lot of research, sit-down versus stand-on, um, and then I just kind of decided upon, you know, the stand-on seemed to be the the better, more efficient, uh, more compact, you know, better footprint, smaller footprint, more, you know, being able to stand kind of above the mower and look all the way around and not be kind of sitting in a mower and kind of have a big back and engine and everything behind you. So you can't really see behind you as well. And so better visibility. So I've also made a YouTube video about this. If you go to lawn care rookie, um, on YouTube, you can see that the video you can go on the Toro playlist that I have, and it's in there. I've got a bunch of videos, um, on there that are, that are helpful for equipment, different types of equipment, as well as just reviews and things like that. And I have a specific video about, uh, why I chose a stand on or why I have a stand on more, whatever the title is. I forgot to look it up before this episode, but something along those lines. So I go into all the details about that, but you know, back many years ago, way before that video, um, I decided upon a stand-on mower, but I wasn't sure exactly what brand, you know, I'm in kind of in Toro country, you know, I've got more than one dealership in my area that sells Toro mowers as well as some of the other popular brands. So, but you know, when multiple, uh, um, dealers sell one brand, it kind of becomes, uh, the, 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 the brand that you see on all the trailers, you know, driving around and you kind of just think to yourself, Oh, those, those, that's the brand that I have to get. Right. Um, again, not necessarily, but that's just kind of, it, it becomes like a thing. You just see nothing but Toro mowers on trailers. So that was the brand that I was kind of leaning towards because I already had a Toro walk behind mower. So I was familiar with the quality of the, of the mower and the Toro brand. And like I said, there's multiple dealers that sell and repair those mowers. A lot of guys, you know, uh, driving around, pulling those mower, different mowers, zero turn standards and all that walk behinds on their 
trailers as well. So, um, but before I just made that decision, I wanted to take advantage of the fact that at the GIE Plus Expo, I could demo everything. You know, I could demo any brand, even brands that weren't even in my area, which doesn't make sense. You should definitely not do that. So that's kind of tip number one here in this episode is don't, uh, don't kind of get your heart set on specific brands if they're not in your area, right. Or if the closest dealer is like an hour away or something, because, you know, if you ever have any issues, then that's, that's, you know, a uh, half your day there driving out there, getting that taken care of and driving back. So that's, that's a lot of lost time that you can't be, that you won't be making money to do that. So as close as you can get your equipment dealer, um, the, the better, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that should be common sense, but I know not everyone has that, opportunity, you know, especially if you're living in a more rural area, you might only have a selective amount of equipment dealers and they might be far away. So you don't have a choice, but the bottom line is don't pick a brand, you know, don't pick like Walker mowers, you know, or Ferris stand on mower. Cause it's cool. And everybody, you know, talks about it and says how great it is and you demo it at the GIE and it's, and it's fantastic, but you don't have any equipment dealers in your area that sell that, that brand mower, any Ferris mowers, or it, like I said, it's an hour away. So, uh, just think about that. But so when I, when I, when I demoed all these different mowers, I demoed a whole bunch of brands that are in my area, like Wright, uh, Ferris, uh, Skag, Toro. I think that's pretty much it. Those four main heavy hitters. And they also had a different variety, right? You got the twin levers, which is like the common, oh, I think I demoed maybe gravely too, uh, very similar to Toro. You know, they're both red, uh, both have the twin levers and very, very similar, uh, looking setup, or at least at that time, um, as far as like, uh, the, the, the shape of the mower and everything else and where the platform was and folding the platform up and so on. Then you got the right mower and the, uh, Ferris mowers, which were very similar where you're standing, the platform is in between the wheels, doesn't fold up. And it's, uh, um, uh, what is it? quattro lever or whatever four lever basically uh four levers um to go forward or backwards so you you basically was you had two levers for forward two lever levers for reverse so you know that was kind of, and there's a you know that guide bar in the middle for you to hold on to to go forward or to, or to pull backward and that was kind of um not as intuitive for me uh, i like the twin lever thing i like to be able to just put my hands in one spot and just go back and forth. You know, if I need to go forward, I push forward. If I need to go backwards, I, I pull backwards and you got the, the, the uh, guide bars on the, the front and the back, you know? So it's just basically like the opposite of the, the four levers. And again, it's kind of like a personal preference there when you think about that, as well as maybe a little bit of learning curve. I mean, I, I could use, you know, all of them. I, I, I tested all of those mowers uh, at the uh, GIE and, you know, some of them had like obstacle courses, stuff like that. Um, so I liked all the mowers, but it just, it just seemed like whenever I got, uh, when I got on the, the, the Toro grandstand, it just seemed so intuitive. Like I just immediately like just got on there, just went for it and there was no real jerkiness or, uh, you know, too, too much learn of a learning curve in that short amount of time. I just felt so much more comfortable on it. Um, and it, you know, even skag was very similar too. that the twin levers and all that at, at that time, the, the first version of the skag V ride, um, and the foldable platform and all that. So that was also very similar, but, but again, um, if it came down to like skag and, and Toro, you know, both stand on mowers being very similar, you know, I was going to go with Toro because there were no close by Skag dealers at that time. So I went ahead and 
and made the purchase of the of the Toro Grandstand, not and not at the GIE, but you know when when I got back, uh, however much longer, you know, however many months or whatever longer, maybe I waited till the, the the following spring, you know, to so I didn't like get it and then have it just sitting around all winter type deal. But regardless, I got it shortly after that. I demoed all those of the GIE, so it's definitely that's a good opportunity for you to demo equipment if you're looking to. Um, upgrade your equipment, replace some equipment, you know, maybe you're growing your business and so on. So I was kind of at that point where I just needed a more efficient mower. Um, and the, you know, the walk behind became the backup and the grandstand became the new main mower. And I still have that grandstand. It's a 48 inch grandstand, uh, before they came out with, or no, no, there was the same time they came out with the, the Toro multi-force grandstand. Um, they, they basically kind of redesigned the, the whole body of the mower in back in 2016. So that was five, five years ago. It's 2021. So yeah, five years ago, um, I've had that mower. Um, but like I said, they redesigned the body a little bit from size 48 inch deck on up, uh, below that. So the Ford, they have a factory of a 40 inch grandstand, which I, they still have. And I've considered potentially buying that when I was looking for a small gated mower, which again, YouTube videos about that. Um, I have that on my channel, uh, as well as, um, the playlist, Toro playlist. I've got some there and then I've got some other, cause I tried different brands, 36 inch, 30, uh, 40 inch, 42 inch, like all these different stand on mower, uh, different brands that had different stand on mowers with different sizes like that for a little small gated backyard type thing. So, uh, at any rate, I, uh, Toro's got a 40 inch grandstand and a 36 inch grandstand and they, they left those two alone as far as like the way they look. So if you look at the, those compared to the 48s and the 52s and the 60s, they look completely differently. Like you just tell the differences. Um, and again, I'm not going to, not going to go into that, that part of this equipment video, you guys can easily look at that, you know, online or on my videos and so on and so forth around Toro's website. But basically Right when they came out in 2016, you know, I was demoing them, like I said, the GIE. And then, you know, I guess towards the end of that year or whatever, um, or the, the early following year, I guess 2017 is, is when I, when I, I bought that, bought it. I believe I probably bought it shortly after the GIE, but at any rate, um, that, so I've, I still have that and it's got a little over 2000 hours now. And that was my pride and joy that got me through a lot of, a lot of things helped me grow my business, but I, you know, I, I knew it was starting to get old, get a lot of hours. So I wanted to, um, kind of make that the new backup mower. And I still had the walk behind too, at the, which I hardly ever used. So, uh, last year, last fall, I went ahead and, you know, over the last few years, like I said, I was demoing different other different mowers for small uh, gates and things like that and trying to come up with the right solution. I finally, you know, figured that, you know, I was always intrigued by the 30 inch mowers, the Toro 30 inch um, Time Master, which is the homeowner version. Then you got the Turf Master, which is the commercial version, you know, so they've kind of had those for a little while. And I was definitely intrigued by those. They updated the Turf Master a bunch. It used to have a Kawasaki engine. Then they came out with the HDX, like the more heavy duty version with a Kohler engine. So it's more powerful and so on. Um, a bigger transmission, all these things to, to just make it a beefier mower. And so that just seemed like good timing because that was kind of like a year or two ago. So last fall, I went ahead and I just finally bought like all these things that I was thinking about and all these different um like moves that I was trying, trying to make, right. Trying to level up my business and so on. And that's when I went ahead and just 
did all of that. And, and, and so I could qualify for, um, elite fleet pricing and get like 20% off or something, everything. So I got a whole bunch of things, you know, I got another grant Toro grandstand, but I got the multi-force 52 inch. So, and a couple of attachments to go along with it, you know, the big blower attachment and some other things. Um, <clears throat> also I got the 30 inch and I got, um, the the ride-on spreader sprayer which um it's it's uh called the spray master and basically that's the toro bought out z master so it's the exact same thing if you, any of you guys are familiar with that at all or you can google it or whatever but z master is a, a zero turn ride-on spreader sprayer and it's very intuitive if you're used to you know riding on stand-on mowers so it is a really unique concept you know versus some of the other really popular brands that have been around for a while for ride on spreader sprayers. The Z master was definitely more intuitive to, to, as far as, um, you know, the zero turn capabilities, just like a, a stand on mower is basically like a, a, you know, stand on mower, but it had, you know, tanks on it to, to spray and a big hopper in the front to spread stuff. So, uh, it, it, a lot of people, got those those z masters and they're very popular and i kind of thought they were uh cool as well as i was kind of looking into advancing that part of my business as i was taking on more and more turf um accounts um and and and, you know backpack sprayers and you know push spreader was just kind of only get me so far and wasn't as efficient you know the more i the more accounts i got so then when toro bought this bought out z master and made the spray master which is the same thing but just you know, Toro colors, right? Like white, red, and black accents, things like that. And, and you know, they updated a couple of things here and there, but it doesn't look exactly the same as the Z Ma- as the, the the original Z Masters. But it's very, very similar. It's basically the exact same thing, just with some customization tweaks here and there for to put it into Toro's uh, lineup. But the the point is, now I could get fleet discount and get that as well, you know, versus having, having to have a separate purchase for, from somewhere, whoever was selling the, the, the Z masters at the time. So, um, I mean, I mean the, the, the Z sprays at, at that time. So I was able to get that also with Toro. So I was super excited about that. And then last but not least, I, um, I had the Toro stand on, um, aerator, uh, they came out with the 30 inch, which a lot of companies back again, I think around 2016 time, there's a lot of, a lot of new, new, exciting equipment that came out, you know, Toro redid their grandstands. They came out with the 30 inch, um, ride on, uh, aerator and a bunch of other companies did the similar, uh, fl- similar setup, similar, um, you know, unit and everything. I mean, some, some of them have the foot pedal for you to raise and lower the tie. And some of them, there's like a, a switch up at the top by the hand controls, just like if you were to, you know, uh, activate the blades on your stand on mower, things like that. Um, the Toro one has a foot pedal, which I really liked. So I demoed that stand on aerator when it first came out, not at the GIE, but, um, at my actual equipment dealer had one, um, around for people to demo. Cause I think it was going into the aeration season. So they wanted to have that there. So if people want, if people liked it and they wanted to order it, then they could. So I, I demoed it for, um, you know, a couple of days and, and did my yard and potentially, I don't remember if I did any customers yards, but I definitely did my yard, made a video about it again on a long care rookie on YouTube. You can check that out. That's in the Toro playlist. Any, any Toro equipment that I demo or have make videos, um, you know, reviews, all that kind of stuff. It's all on, on, on the Toro playlist. So I, I've demoed that stand on aerator. It was, you know, 
like a game changer to me because before that I was just using the good old fashioned walk behind aerators, right? Those little things that just drag you around the yard and you're just like whooped after one yard, one just average size, you know, eight to 10,000 square foot yard. You're, you're just done after that one yard. And then if you've got like a whole day of, of that, it's, you're just like kind of dreading it to be honest. So those are the, the old school days, man. So much innovation has come out so many so much new equipment everything has has come out um it's it, it's a great thing because it helps us be able to last longer you know have more energy not beat our bodies up just be more productive more efficient ultimately making make more money uh, and that's what that's what it's all about right so that uh th- but at that time there was only the big stand on aerator and there's a lot of small gates you know like i mentioned earlier where i had to get a smaller mower so i used the 30 inch t- turf master to get into some of those backyards with the smaller gates you know the backyards aren't too big and even if even if they're on the bigger side it's fine it's 30 inch versus like a 22 or 21 inch push mower um so it's, it's still going to be less swipes right less passes because it's wider it's also going to be faster more powerful transmission and engine and it's going to be able to cut more grass, you know, like thicker grass. You know, if you get into some of those, and there's certain times of year, obviously, like spring and fall, where the grass is growing like crazy. You know, you can cut through that a little bit better than than just your traditional, you know, 21 or 22 push uh, mower. I mean, if, if it's commercial, it's probably still going to cut just as good, but it's again smaller deck. So the same philosophy with 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 that with aeration, I couldn't get back in those exact same gated backyards with the big um i say 30 inch but that's that's the that's the uh, width of the tines then you have the tires on the uh, on either side of that and you know the frame and all that so it really i measured it back then when i first got it you know from wheel edge to wheel edge it was 48 inches so it's basically the same width as my 48 inch grandstand so i knew right away any gate that i couldn't get my grandstand through uh, I couldn't get that aerator through. So that meant I had to use the good old, you know, falling apart, trusty Husqvarna walk behind, super used, hand-me-down, beyond hand-me-down um, aerators. I mean, you know, talk about stories and humble beginnings. I mean, I, I thought it, it was a good deal and I thought it was a great deal at the time. But when I first, a couple of years into my business, you know, seven, seven, eight years ago, uh, one of my customer's neighbors came out and asked me if I wanted to buy an aerator because they had this aerator that they bought from a rental company, right? Rental companies usually sell their, their rental equipment once it gets to a certain point so that they can still get something for it. But, you know, it's not really good for them to keep renting it because it's probably going to start falling apart and need a lot more repairs, just not going to be profitable for them anymore. So they sell stuff off, buy new ones, and they kind of cycle through their their list of equipment constantly that way. And, you know, you can get a lot of good deals, obviously, because the stuff's been used tremendously and you can get a pretty good deal. The the, the downfall is it's usually like as is. So if, if, you know, you get it, it's clearly in working condition. They're not going to sell you stuff that's already broken. but you know, you verify it's working and all that stuff. And, you know, you, you use it for a day or a couple of weeks or a month or whatever, and then it breaks. Well, guess what? That's, you know, that that's on you or, or it's just not really up to snuff because, you know, it's been used like crazy from a rental uh, company, an equipment rental company, like that, that's on you. It is what it is. You had a good deal and now you're just kind of stuck with it. So anyway, these people did that. They bought, you know, or this gentleman bought a used walk behind aerator. And then he, I guess him and his uh, neighbor were kind of, they like 
split it, I guess. They went in on it because, you know, it wasn't like a hundred bucks. It was probably several hundred bucks. So they were like, yeah, we'll split it. And then we can both use the aerator whenever we need to every year. And they would just share that one aerator. Well, that person moved. And then the one, you know, the guy that was talking to me was the only one there. And he had this aerator and he was getting older and his kids were growing up. And he's like, you know, we're going to be selling the house soon, probably and downsize to a smaller house. And I, I just don't need this thing anymore. You know, it's just sitting in my garage, taking up room for, for no reason. You know, I'm not going to be aerating so do you want it and i'm like yeah that'd be awesome and again i don't remember how much he's he sold it to me for but i mean it's just a hand-me-down for a hand-me-down for a hand-me-down right so by the time i got it it was pretty beat up pretty old pretty used but it still worked and that's what i used for the first several years of my business every fall doing aerations but man it really i, I really um earned my stripes with that one we'll say because it just beat me up so i know all about it all about that that life and I really wanted to stop using it. But again, you know, so I got to stand on aerator and it was a game changer. I was like, holy cow, you know, the fact that you can just, you know, push a button with your foot and the tines go down and you go to town, you can turn with the tines still in there. just not a sharp turn. It's got to be a nice, easy turn. But, you know, what you should do is when you come to the end of a row, just lift your foot up off the pedal, the tines go up immediately. And then you do your three point turn, just like you're on a mower and you just turn, make your net, you know, line up for your next pass, press the button down, the tines go back down in, and then you just go, uh, forward again. And, and, you know, when you get used to that, it's super intuitive, just like you're mowing, it becomes very fast and efficient. You know, you're constantly taking your foot on and off the pedal and you just blow through these yards because you're not using any energy. You know what I mean? The machine is doing all the work for you. So that's kind of like how things are going in today's day and age, 2021 and beyond is, you know, machines, especially with the labor crisis that's like like epic proportions right now it's always been hard but this year in 2021 it's like seemingly impossible for a lot of folks depending on what services you're offering in in this industry and and how many people you need and all that kind of stuff so it has gotten really crazy with that. So with machines, you can depend on them. I mean, yeah, they're still going to break from time to time. There's going to be weird, fluky things. You might get a lemon and all that and just nothing but problems. And you got to hopefully get it replaced or all these things are covered under warranties or whatever. But at the end of the day, ultimately, they're, they're never, they never call out, right? They never call out sick. They never have any kind of you know, personal issues or drama or having a, they're not having a bad day. I mean, if you take care of them, you do the regular maintenance and you don't abuse the equipment, uh, the machines, and they're, they're going to do the job for you. They're going to be reliable. They're going to be there every day. And it's just kind of one of those things where usually one machine can do the work of, you know, a couple of people, you know, so that if, when you start doing the math, it really comes down to efficiency. And yet, yes, it might be an initial upfront cost for however much it is for this stuff. Like the aerator was like nine, 10,000 or something. Cause it's like, you know, like a, a mower, basically it's a big unit, you know, a big, powerful unit. You can blow through some yards. It's the GIE Expo 2021. And you're going to be there. So while you're visiting, you've got to attend Influencer Live. Powered by Kohler. On Friday, October 22nd at 8 a.m. This is the first live audience podcast where you can laugh and learn from the top names in our industry's community. With the big names. Like Naylor, Kaylee Farrow, Cole Jameson, and Caleb Alvin. With guests like Alan Hain, the Lawn Care Nut, Corey Ballard, Sean and Savannah Spencer, and Jason Creel. Don't miss out on this opportunity to reconnect with your community at Influencer Live. Powered by Cooler. 
that was too big for me to get through the gates and I had to use the walk behind and I really couldn't stand that, but I just did what I had to do to kind of get through it. Um, and was just, I didn't really have a solution to be honest. I was thinking of some other things. I thought about basically just buying, you know, a, a, another walk behind air reader, like the newer ones, the ones that steer, you know, where, you, you know, you can, you, without having to lift the tines up, because another thing that beats you up, the old school ones. So the newer ones now, even though they're still walk behind and they're smaller, they have bigger, wider walk behind aerators. But again, you still have to walk behind them, but they steer. So you can, you know, literally turn around the next, you know, the next pass without having to lift the tines, which is similar to the ride on one. Um, the ride on ones. So that's, that's definitely <clears throat> a lot more efficient than the old school way. So I was just thinking about like, you know, should, should I buy one of those or whatever? And, but before I made that final decision, Toro came out with a smaller stand on aerator. They came out with a 24 inch. So instead of 30 inch, 24 inch wide tines, the tires were a lot more narrow uh, and smaller tires as well and everything. So the whole footprint basically can fit through a 36 inch gate or smaller. So boom, there it is. Like that was perfect for me. So what I came up with was if I can get rid of this 30 inch um, stand on aerator and replace it with a 24, because if, if they had both of them at the same time, then I had my choice, I would have picked the 24 because then I can get through all of my gates and I can just use that one unit on all of my yards and never have to use that walk behind aerator ever again. Um, so that, that was kind of what I want, was trying to figure out what to do and ask my equipment dealer if they would, um, you know, take, if, if they would take my aerator, like, like I could sell it to them type deal, or they could put it toward like a trade-in almost, and they could put it towards my purchase for the new, the new one, even though it's less money because it's smaller, but um, it's brand new versus the 30 inch was used for a few years and all that, but it still had tremendous value, um, but not as much as the, uh, how much the 24 inch cost. Um, and as well as my walk behind mower. So I asked if that he could take that, so put that towards the purchase. So he did take my walk behind mower and took a couple thousand bucks or whatever off of my ultimate total for my, for all those things I just mentioned. Um, but for the aerator, he said, I would rather, rather not, you know, be in, in the middle of that, but, but I know people that would want one, like some of the local turf treatment companies that are on a larger side that are always blowing through equipment and looking for more equipment as they grow. And he happened to be neighbors with one of them. So he talked to them and they were like, yeah, you know, they, I, I left it at the, at the shop there at um, the equipment dealer so that the, this other company could come take a look at it and, and, and see if that's what they wanted. They liked it. They wrote, wrote the checkout, wrote the checkout to me or whatever for me, but gave it to, you know, the equipment dealer, you know, the manager that was kind of arranging all this, the neighbor that, uh, to give to me. So they just came, took my aerator, uh, and, 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 and that was it. And then I got, got the check and I just deposited that. And then, you know, that was part of the money that I was, that I like a down payment, if you will, that I put towards the ultimate purchase. So I basically just kind of swapped out the 30 for the 24. There's a, you know, a little bit of difference that I still had to pay, uh, for the 24 inch. Cause like I said, it was new and the 30 was used. So I didn't get the full value and all that kind of stuff, but at least now I have the right size stand on aerator so that I can take care of all the yards. So I say, I, I said a whole lot of like recent stuff and that is, um, 
not the very beginning. I, I'd said a little bit, obviously, about the beginning. Like I started with the walk behind belt drive mower and all that, but I wanted to briefly go into my initial setup to where I am now. But I wanted to just um, say, you know, the the I guess set set this up by saying. On social media, when you post that you bought all this stuff, you know, people that are just now following you, they, they, they have like no idea sometimes what the backstory is. And they just think you're just buying tons of stuff and they might hate on you for that, be jealous of you or whatever, or be confused and think that that's what they have to do. They think that they're, you know, not going to be successful if they don't buy all this new stuff or whatever. And that's not the case at all. There's, there's nothing wrong with buying used things. There's nothing wrong with not buying anything at all. Like use what you got, save up money, you know, be debt free. If you want to go that route, what, whatever the deal is, whatever your needs are, you know, if, if you are the second income in your household, then, you know, maybe you can, uh, take it a little bit slower, right? And save money, pay cash for stuff, slowly upgrade your things, your equipment, truck, trailer, all that kind of stuff. And keep using what you have as you go along and upgrade when you can and so on. Uh, so everyone's got a different scenario. And and, and uh, for me, you know, I, I started, so all, all that stuff that I got, I just got it last year. And, and if you you know, we're listening to everything that I said and I didn't lose you, you know, 20, 28 minutes in, um, I, the last thing that I bought was in 2016 or around that area, 2016, 2017 was when I got the grandstand and then the stand on aerator. Those were the only two pieces of equipment that I basically bought my entire, um, company, you know, aside from what I first started with my one walk behind belt drive, um, mower, uh, that I had and my truck and trailer and that was, you know, trimmer, you know, one trimmer and one backpack blower, no edger or anything like that. You know what I mean? So that that's what I did for years. And then I got the, um, the, the grandstand, which, you know, was a huge step up right there. Still only one trimmer, one backpack blower, still have the same backpack blower and the same trimmer. So, I mean, man, you know, I guess, uh, you know, uh, I'm a good owner operator and I take care of my stuff, I guess, or, and, and, or maybe I'm a little lucky with, um, the quality of, of the particular units that I've had, you know, I've got an echo 770 backpack blower was my first backpack blower and I still have it and we still use it just not every day. It's kind of like that backup for the backup type deal. And during leaf season, you know, in the fall, we definitely use it every day. Um, when, cause there's usually a bunch of us, you know, taking care of, of these properties and so on. And then the trimmer, uh, was a steel is a steel FS 90. That's a classic right there. That thing is a champ. It's a tank. That thing will keep on going. I think forever, as long as I keep, you know, maintaining it, taking care of it. And it's not like an everyday trimmer anymore. We actually convert it to a combi unit, which is a whole another story for a whole another day. I mean, I guess I can briefly talk about it here, but again, another YouTube video that I made a long time ago, that's not on a Toro playlist because it's a steel trimmer. Um, but it's somewhere, you know, decent amount of views. So if you kind of like sort my videos or something on my channel by most popular or something like that, you know, if, you know, you'll get to it relatively quickly because it, it had, a, it's gotten a decent amount of views and more people, it can kind of kind of resurfaces itself, you know, every year and more people watch it and gets more views. But at any rate, um, my equipment dealer said, you know, we can just convert this to a combi unit. All you have to do is just take the straight shaft off and replace it with the, the split shaft, you know, the, the two pieces that you connect, well, basically the one half, you know, that's got the, the part, the attachment that you, you know, it's got the little, um, 
you know, the, the, the knob or whatever that you can loosen and tighten when you put whatever end on, you know, you want to put an edger blade on, you want to put, um, shrub trimming blades on, you want to put a grass trimmer, uh, attachment on, you want to put a, a pruning saw attachment on like i mean it goes on and on there's all kinds of different attachments that 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 they make for these things which which gives you a one kind of like a five in one tool or ten in one tool however many attachments they have and that you want to get so instead of buying a separate combi unit whole thing you know that the the engine and then some attachments we just converted them all so you know we, we just we Took, replaced the shafts on on a couple of um, attachments that I had, like the grass trimmer that was part of the FS90. Obviously, they you know took that all apart, took the sh- the straight shaft off, put the split shaft on in the engine. Like I said, with the knob to tighten and loosen it, and then they put a, the other split shaft, you know, half of a shaft or whatever words some I'm supposed to be saying to put on the, the grass trimmer head attachment so that I could easily connect that. And then I already had a hedge trimming attachment. Um, and so that I can easily connect that. I, I eventually got a pole saw, um, attachment so I can, you know, limb up some trees that are, you know, smaller trees around people's properties that I don't have to get up on any ladders or anything with, cause I can just, it's long enough that I can reach up there and get those low hanging branches that are in the way, things like that. Um, pruning, um, you know, whatever, like uh, dead, dead trees, dead branch. It's, it's like a little mini chainsaw. So if there's, you know, any storms that come through and people have some branches, you know, small enough branches that have accumulated in their yard, I can cut those up with that too and make smaller piles, throw them in the back of the truck and dump that and do a little bit of storm cleanup. So I've accumulated some attachments for that too. So that FS90 has had a, a second chance in life now being a combi unit that is not used every day. So um, but that thing starts up every time, you know, we can go months, uh, probably only like a, a month. I don't, I don't know about months, but we can go like a month without using that thing. Prime it, choke it, fire it up. Boom. <laughs> like first or second pull. I'm like, dang, this thing is still going strong. What a beast. So at any rate, and, and just a side note, I have no like brand loyalty preference necessarily. Like I love the brands that I use, but I am loyal to what works and what makes me money. What is going to be the most efficient and what's going to run my business the best that that's what I'm all about. So when everything that I got, it was, I did research, I asked questions. I sometimes in some cases tried things out and then I made my selection. Like, so I have as you heard, I have an Echo Backpack Blower. I've got many now, but I mean, I started my business with one Echo Backpack Blower, one steel trimmer, and one Toro mower. So, I mean, you know, obviously steel and Echo don't make mowers, but um, it, that, that's, it's a, a blend of different brands. You know, I didn't get a, a, an Echo blower and an echo trimmer or steel trimmer and a steel blower. And since then I've gotten more trimmers and more blowers and I keep getting more echo backpack blowers because echo keeps stepping the game up with their backpack blowers. Um, you know, uh, um, AK the 8010 and now the 9010 um, that has replaced the 8010. It's the most powerful backpack blower on the market. And I have two of the 8010s, um, which, you know, the 9010 are the same thing, just a, 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 the engine is tweaked up even more. So it's even more powerful. Um, so I've got two 8010s, super powerful, very comfortable to wear. 
Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just a fan of those backpack blowers. If steel had come out with that or some other brand, then with those exact backpack blowers instead, then I would have gotten those because I want the most efficient, most powerful backpack blowers for what I need, like cleaning leaves and things like that. Um, it also works throughout the year blowing off grass. If you've got a lot of properties, big parking lots, things like that, those are the blowers you want, you know, versus any of the other ones. Kanabi Outdoor Power and Terry's Small Engine are family owned and operated and conveniently located in Midlothian, Virginia. They can provide you with the latest and best in outdoor power products to make your outdoor living more enjoyable. Combine this wide array of selections with their friendly and knowledgeable staff, and they're convinced Kanabi Outdoor Power and Terry's Small Engine will become your only stop for all of your outdoor power needs. Go to terrysmallenginerepair.com or click the link in the show notes for locations and more details. And then with trimmers, I, I just, I really liked steel trimmers. I mean, I, I had an echo trimmer also when the 2620 came out, I had that, that was really nice, but I felt like it was a little overpowered for just, you know, real light, light duty, like well manicured lawn maintenance. You know what I mean? You're just trimming some corners around the house, fence, mailboxes, edging some mulch beds and, and you're done. You know, you don't, you don't need heavy duty trimmer line. You don't need a heavy duty, heavy um, you know, trimmer that you're carrying around all day. And it doesn't need to be that heavy duty because you just, you're, you're not plowing through weeds or, you know, doing all this kind of stuff, trimming whole sections. I mean, once in a blue moon, we might have to do that because it's super wet and muddy or something. But other than that, that that's not an everyday thing. So I liked some of the steel trimmers. I don't even remember what it is. I think it's a 94 R or something. I think is what we have now. I've got a couple of those. Um, I really like how you can adjust the throttle. So if I get like a, a newbie, you know, I, I dial that bad boy back and say, Hey, you know, here's put the training wheels on, go ahead and take this for, for a test drive before and don't touch this wheel. You know, don't you crank this up to full throttle. I don't want you tearing stuff up or flinging rocks everywhere and whatever, you know, uh, busting sprinkler, pipes and things like that, you know, around the house. So I, I, I like that aspect, but it's also a very lightweight. Um, and so it makes it a little more, you know, it's a little bit less expensive than some of the, the bigger, more heavy duty trimmers. Um, but it, it's still commercial and it still does the trick and they, they've, you know, lasted many years. Um, so again, it, it's my philosophy is what works. You know, I know a lot of it comes down to personal preference and also again, just like mowers, what's in your area. You know, there's Red Max, Husqvarna, um, Echo, Shindawa, you know, um, obviously Steel. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of different brands out there, but not all of those brands might be available in, in your area. Um, so you, you, you have to keep that in mind as well. So whether you like echo or not, if there's no echo dealers in your area, then, oh, well, I guess it's, it's team steel, right? You know, whoever red max or whatever. So, or Husqvarna. So, um, always keep those things in mind. That's kind of my philosophy there. And, and so, like I said, you know, that, that was kind of like, you know, the evolution there of, of, of my, my equipment, and, and, and how I, you know, I, I didn't just constantly keep buying stuff. Like I, I just 
started with what I started with and I went a long time without really buying anything else. I got the grandstand and the ride on aerator and then went many years again without anything. Um, you know, maybe another trimmer, another backpack blower, you know, little by little layering that stuff on. But as far as big purchases, you know, like mowers and things that wasn't until last fall when I just decided to get everything all at once. I'm like, all right, I've gone years without buying anything new, used what I had, really did research, figured out, you know, figured out like what would be the best setup for me? What equipment do I really need and want for my business to, to go to the next level and so on? And, and what, what my business can grow into like the right on spreader sprayer, you know, I don't necessarily need that right this minute, but holy cow, is it super efficient and makes quick work of, of all of the properties that I do have. And it's something for my company to be able to keep growing into. So that's always been my philosophy as well. Um, so that, that's, that's the whole story with that and how I got all that. Cause I remember when I got all that stuff, people were like, Whoa, what the heck? Gosh, how much money? You know, like people were kind of freaking out and I'm like, I haven't bought anything in like at that time. It was, so that was like last year or whatever. So I was like four years, you know, 2016 was when I was buying stuff the previous time. Like I haven't bought anything major like this in four years other than a trimmer and a backpack blower or something like, like, you know, chill, you know what I mean? That's the thing. Like people don't really remember or have were have been following along the whole time so they just think you just are blowing money or whatever just buying all this stuff just because you know because you want to have all the cool new stuff and that's not how it was for me anyway um and that's not ever how it is for me so so that's kind of the equipment part of it all to me there's a whole nother part aspect um about equipment it's you know people argue would argue that's technically not equipment but truck and trailer I feel are equipment, even though a truck is a vehicle and a trailer is whatever. Um, but the, the, those are still important pieces of equipment because without the trailer, you can't haul all of your, any of your equipment. And without a truck, you can't haul the trailer with the equipment. So it's like those two things are super important. You know I mean? You can have any kind of mower, trimmer, blower or not. You can have a push broom, a push mower and, you know, a no trimmer, I guess, or whatever, you know, he's super basic, you know, startup or whatever, and throw it in the back of your pickup truck or throw it in the back of your car or whatever. But the bottom line is you need to have some sort of vehicle. I know kids have been driven around by their parents, uh, to like local parts of the neighborhood, or they've just like had like a little mini trailer or wagon type setup hooked up to their ride on like tractor mower or something that's their parents that they use or whatever. Or maybe they even saved up for their own zero turn and they kind of ride up and down the neighborhood to get to the houses that they take care of and knock it out that way until they get their license and, you know, get save up and all that and get their get an actual vehicle to do these things. But that that is super important to all of this as well. And I started, you know, I wasn't, I started with a, a Jeep compass, the back of my uh, Jeep compass. I, I wasn't a chuck in the truck. I was, uh, you know, Pete in the Jeep, you know, and, and I just had my push mower, my Ryobi hand trimmer and blower, hand blower, just kind of shoved in the back of that uh, Jeep compass there. And, you know, while I was still working in retail management, I would try and bang out, you know, I think I had like six yards or something that first year, um, just trying to get him done whenever and, and however I could get it done. And it was definitely tedious because I, I worked a lot in retail management, so I didn't have a whole lot of free time or days off to get that stuff done. So I just fit in whenever and wherever I could, but I was able to save up the money that I made with that was just all extra. And I just, I bought it, bought my Echo 770 backpack blower. So that was exciting. My first commercial uh, piece of equipment and 
that's when I realized, you know, man, I, I really enjoy this. And if I can dedicate enough time, I can really make something out of this. And that's, and I, that's when I went all in and I just didn't really have the boat too close to the dock as a lot of folks use it as an analogy, but my wife had a full-time job at the time. So I knew I had that safety net. Um, I had a lot of vacation that I didn't get to use in retail management. It's kind of like the the story there, unfortunately, and in retail management, it's hard to get time off. You're kind of like, a slave to the man, you know, every, every other weekend's like a holiday or a made up holiday or something. It's blackout dates and you can't even take off. And then the days that you can take off or weeks you can take off, you're fighting with the other managers and supervisors and like, you know, who, who wrote it down first. And it, it, it was just crazy. So bottom line is I had a lot of vacation that I wasn't able to take. I was able to take at least one vacation, you know, a year, but you know, you, you would accumulate time every, every week, every month, you know, and so on. So, uh, year after year. And some companies that I worked for, it, it would carry over from year to year. Some you would use it or lose it or like be capped and that's it. So you'd have to like use it to kind of free up some space for the following year to, 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 for the next year to add back onto it. So I had a lot of vacation time. The company that I worked for before I, I, you know, quit retail altogether pays out your vacation time. If, you know, if, if, if you get fired or you, or you quit or whatever, um, they pay it out. So I knew I had all that coming. So that was basically almost two months worth of salary. That's how much vacation time I had, which is crazy. But so that helped kind of get us through, um, the initial months, you know, so I basically quit in, in, in after the holidays. And then I just went all in on researching and, and, uh, types of equipment and services and, coming up with a business name and, you know, business cards and uniforms, logo, all that kind of stuff. I did all that over the winter, um, you know, January, February, and then hit the ground running in March. I think I might've done a couple of things the end of February, but, uh, you know, it just hit the ground running in March and had like 30 customers, like 30 lawns to mow, like right out the gate. Um, made a Facebook business page. My wife helped me with that because I wasn't even on Facebook at the time. And, you know, I stumbled upon social media and, and, and YouTube and everything and found this community and became a part of that community, started posting content all at the same time that, that I was starting my business and growing my business. Like it wasn't because of social media that I started my business. Unlike a lot of other folks, I had already started it and was trying to grow it. And that's how I found um, the community also like other folks. And, and we kind of grew together, like at the same time, like my business was growing. I started making YouTube videos and, and things like that. And that started growing and, and, and meeting everyone in the community and then starting to go to the GIE and, and, uh, and meeting people live and in person and having fun with that. And it's just grown from there. My business has grown obviously. And, um, you know, social media has grown, the community has grown and, and that's kind of how, how it all started for me. But I quickly, um, like I got all those accounts and everything. I quickly want to adjust, you know, I'm like, well, I, I can't, you know, I can't do all these yards with a, a 21 inch push mower and, you know, all this stuff, you know, out of the back of my Jeep, like I, I gotta, I gotta step this up here. So, um, I researched trucks real, you know, for, for, a, 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 I don't know, a couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever it was, you know, I just went, went, went hardcore into that. And I found a really good deal on, on a used F-150 traded, uh, my Jeep in for that. They actually gave me a check for, I think like 600 bucks or something. They were like, man, you really made out with this. You got a good deal. Like they were kind of scratching their heads. Like, did we price this wrong? Like what happened? But I walked away super happy and feeling satisfied. And, you know, it was an old F-150, it was a 99 F-150, but it had the Triton engine. And, um, I heard a lot of good things about that. It had like 180 something, maybe 189,000 miles. So it had a lot of miles, but it was also pretty old. You know, I got it. 
It was 99. I got it, what, 2014 or something like that. Um, so, I mean, it, it had been, it had, had gone through its paces, but it had a lot of life left to give. And I did a lot of research and they said like around the 225 to 250 mark for miles, you know, 250,000 miles is when like, you know, you start having some issues with the engine and whatnot, the Triton engines for the old F-150. So I'm like, you know, that, that's plenty, man. I'm just going to be driving around these local neighborhoods, you know, that this truck should get me a few years, you know, easy or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm going to do all the, I'm going to treat it good and do all the maintenance and whatever. So just like my backpack blower and my, my steel trimmer, that F-150 lasted me forever. That thing lasted me until last year. Um, I I finally started to get a leak in the engine and that's, you know, that's the kiss of death right there. For those of you that don't know, if you do, as soon as I said that you were like, Oh yeah, that's, that's a goner, you know? So you got to replace the engine, um, or replace the truck. So, you know, it just wasn't even worth the amount that an, even a used engine would be. So I, I knew the writing was in the wall and I was just kind of hanging on to it as a secondary backup truck because, uh, the year prior to that, so two years ago, um, I had gotten a, a Ram 1500, which is basically the same class as the F-150, but it had a slightly more a slightly more powerful engine, and it was newer. It was like a 2016 versus you know 99, so it was definitely it was still used, but it was it was slightly used, you know. So and and it had I don't remember like maybe forty thousand miles, something like that, forty five thousand miles on it. So it wasn't wasn't too bad that either. So again, I thought I had got another good deal. I didn't trade in the F one fifty for it. I just you know, got this 1500 and kept the F-150 because my plan was, well, you know, I'm starting to grow. So if I can get, you know, get a good team going, maybe find a crew leader, then, you know, we can divide and conquer. And one, you know, one, one group can be in one truck and I can be in another truck by myself or whatever, maybe treating yards or whatnot. Um, And that was the plan. But, you know, I never really was able to find that team um, in time of the F-150 starting to leak, uh, you know, um, its engine leaking. So, then I realized, well, now I'm going to be down to one truck. If I'm going to be down to one truck, I don't want to just have this, you know, half ton homeowner <laughs> grocery getter, as a lot of people said to me back then, um, versus a, a true heavy duty work truck. I'm like, I, I, if I'm going to have one truck, I, I definitely should get a heavy duty, you know, work truck. So like, a, you know, 2,500 series or 3,500 series or whatever, uh, 250, 350, that type deal. That's what most guys have for lawn and landscaping when they're pulling, you know, a decent amount of weight on a, you know, if they got a dump trailer, you know, or uh, just a big trailer enclosed or open with a lot of mowers on it, you know, that, that, that's a lot of weight that if you have a F-150 or 1500, you know, those half ton trucks, you know, they, 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 they struggle sometimes with that, uh, especially going up hills, things like that. So it's really not meant for that, meant for the more smaller setup. So I was, my business was growing and I was going to be down to one truck. So I'm like, you know what, let me just trade in. Let me see if I can, fi- you know, what I can find or whatever. And ultimately what happened was I went to the, to a, the Ram dealer. I had a Ram, I had an F-150. They were going to give me a rebate for the F-150 because it was a competitor. So just for, just for owning it, I was going to get something, but I was trading it in giving it to them to like throw in the trash, I guess, or whatever, you know, sell it off for parts, auction off for parts. Um, they were giving me even more money for that of a rebate. Um, so I just traded both of those trucks in for, um, a 3,500 actually. So I was looking at 2,500s, but I was, curious about 3500s i'm like okay well what what's really even the difference between the two because they look almost exactly the same in some cases they have the exact same engine i mean the 3500s you have 
uh, some engine choices versus the 2500. But uh, one of the choices is the exact same engine as the 2500. And I'm like, okay, so then what's the difference then if you have the exact same engine? And what it mainly came down to, there are a couple other components under the hood that are different, but the main con- the main thing is the payload. The suspension is just more beefed up so you can put more things in the bed of the truck. Um, you know, so you can put, you know, dirt and rocks and mulch and um, debris and leaves and whatever, you know, you can put all that stuff in the bed of your truck and hold more of it um, in, in the 3,500 versus the 2,500. So we looked at the pricing and the, you, you know, some, some, I don't know what it is about these used trucks, but I guess they, they, they uh, are, their resale value is significantly higher than what I would expect, what I expected. So I could get a used, you know, slightly used, not like really used. And we're talking like a year or two, you know, like a year old, um, 2,500 with maybe had 10,000 miles or 15,000 miles on it. And it was just as expensive as a brand new 3,500. And there's, cause there's all these rebates and it was around the holidays and there's all these kind of discounts and sales and, and all this stuff for the brand new ones, right? Cause they want to get rid of the new stuff so they can make room for the next wave of, of new stuff. You know, that the year that doesn't even exist yet, you know, they're that far, you know how it is with cars or maybe you don't, but they're, they're really far ahead with that stuff. Uh, um, but so I was able to, so I'm like, you know what, why not? Why not go for the extra payload? This will be the biggest truck I'll ever need for my lawn maintenance business. I mean, it's kind of overkill in some cases, but I thought of all the things that I could do. Yes, I could do small mulch jobs. I can put up to four yards of mulch in there. Obviously, you got to put some sides up on there, which I did, built that up, kind of built up my own little mini wooden box there just so I could throw four yards of mulch or less in there. You know, we could uh, do, you know, a couple of pruning jobs, you know, in one day and stuff it all up in there go to the dump and pull it all out, you know, and, and dump it. Uh, so I, I just thought of all the different things now that I could do with that truck that I, I couldn't really do before, or it would not as efficiently, right. We going, we could, we going, we, we did have, had to do less jobs, less work a day because, you know, I didn't have the right trucks and the, all that kind of stuff. So, so that's what I did. I traded in two half ton trucks for one full ton truck. So that's what I have now. It's brand new. You know, it's 2019. I got it at the end of 2019 again so that they could get, you know, get ready for 2020 and all that stuff. So they, I got a lot of good discounts and still, even my wife was amazed at the pricing, you know, that I, that, that it all worked out to be. And, and again, the salesman was like, you really, you're really getting a good deal. And I'm like, thanks, man. And like, so just kind of those things where like timing is everything for me. And I just, I just kind of, I have a feeling about things. I'm like, all right, this is what, this is the right time to do whatever this, whatever it is. Like it's the right time to get this truck or to get this mower or whatever. And I just, I just do my due diligence and my research and I, I go for it and, and, and it works out really well in most cases. So that's where I'm at with trucks. So again, just think about people stumbling upon me on social media. You're hearing this podcast for the first time. Thank you very much. By the way, if this is your first time for listening, this is a lengthy IBG episode, but I'm just, it's a long, it's been a long summer, a long day. It's super late. I'm super tired and I'm just kind of going through like my whole like setup here and the whole evolution of my business, which is kind of what I wanted to do for a while now, um, on, on, on the podcast, um, as well as maybe even YouTube, but I've kind of done that bits and pieces on YouTube. Like as I've had different setups, I've kind of chrono, um, you know, um, whatever the word is, it's too late, but I've, uh, um, 
journaled it, I guess, or whatever. I, I've documented it. There you go. I've, 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 I've documented it um, o- over the time, you know, different times, different stages, different setups. But people that are just stumbling upon me now, they see this setup, you know, this brand new truck and all this equipment. And they're like, what in the world? You know, that, and, and again, they could think that that's what they have to do, or they could just kind of be hateful and jealous and be like, you know, what's up with this dude? And, you know, why do you have all that or whatever? But they don't really know everything that I just said. I spent the last 53 minutes talking about is, you know, where I went from a Jeep Compass to this, you know, 2019 Ram 3500 that I got in the end of 2019. Like, you know, I haven't bought anything new ever in my life other than like mowers, but I mean, I've never bought a new vehicle in my life. It's always been used or uh, I had a lease when I was in college. I leased a a brand new vehicle for whatever it was, three years or whatever, and then had to turn it back in and back to something used, you know, like um, this is my first actual vehicle that, you know, that I, that I'm, I'm, you know, paying for that I'm going to own, you know? Uh, so that's brand new. Again, you don't have to do that. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that right out the gate, but again, I went through the paces. I, you know, earned my stripes, so to speak. I had a Jeep compass and I had an F-150 and that thing just did all, just did it all for me. You know, open trailer, I had a five by 10 open trailer when I first started. I forgot to mention that. And then I had to upgrade that to a bigger trailer. And then I was like, okay, do I go with enclosed or do I stick with open? And you know, that whole debate, you know, and again, I've got a video for that on YouTube as well. That was many years ago. So you can check that out too, where I really broke that all down, actually went shopping for trailers and took you guys along with me for that, you know, on YouTube and on all that kind of stuff, vlogged all that and my, my thinking for all that. But I ended up getting an enclosed trailer, a seven by 16 enclosed trailer. So, I mean, um, you know, all, all of these things is just the evolution of my business. And the whole time I had that F-150 uh, until, like I said, like I've, I, I, it wasn't even leaking yet, but I knew it was getting old and, you know, the, the thing was, was definitely getting pushed to its limits with the seven by 16 enclosed trailer when I had all the mowers loaded in it, you know, and things like that. So I'm like, let, let me get a more, a little bit, uh, more powerful, half ton truck and newer truck, whatever, you know, like this, so that's, I already said all that, uh, past this point with the 1500 and so on. So, but that, that was a philosophy there. And then the F-150 just started falling apart, you know, like literally. So, but I, so, I mean, it's not like I started out the gate with a brand new 2019 Ram 3500. Like it takes time in my opinion to really know what you even need and what you even want for your business. So coming right out the gate and buying new stuff like that is probably not the smartest thing. I mean, yes, you could always trade it in or sell it later on down the road when you realize, okay, that probably wasn't the smartest move or I really don't need this truck. I need this truck or, you know, I don't need this, this mower. I need this. Like, I don't want to sit down zero turn. I want a stander. or I don't want a stander. I want to sit down like whatever, you know, like that's just kind of, kind of how, how it goes as you uh, evolve early on in your business. And even still after eight years, you know, I'm, I'm, tweaking things here and there. I mean, you should always be trying to change, evolve, do something new, keep growing, basically growing your business in some way. It doesn't mean you have to constantly buy stuff, but you should always be growing in some way, you know, whether that's growing in a new neighborhood, new marketing, route density, you know, tightening things up, uh, raising your prices, getting more profitable, efficient, all this kind of stuff, you know, employees, whatever it is, you should always be trying to grow your business. Um, and, and that, that could be getting new equipment and upgrading and swapping things out and training things in a hundred percent. So that's kind of a 57 minute, you know, um, (laughs) 
uh, ramble there of my whole equipment setup, the evolution of my business, my company, everything that I have. I believe that that pretty much covers everything I believe. I mean, there's some other stuff like, you know, I have the ramp rack, you know, for my, my truck that, that we use for mowing and I got the truck mate for mulch season and um, I want to use it for just, just keep it on if, it, when I can get to two trucks again, if I have enough people to actually drive them, which is a whole another rabbit hole that I have talked about briefly on this podcast in the past also, um, about the labor issues and, and my specific labor issues and all that. But, you know, if I can have two trucks and I, I would have one that would just have, you know, like I would keep the 3,500 with the truck made on it at all times. That would be like kind of more of my landscape maintenance truck where I can go, you know, pick up all the debris, you know, the guys can trim every, like if they're trimming hedges, you know, they can trim all that up and put it all, all on tarps and whatnot. And I can just come back, back by behind them or when they're finishing up and we can just pick the tarps up and dump them in the back of the truck and so on. And then, you know, at the end of the day or some point in the week when the truck is full, we can go to the dump and dump it all out with the truck mate because you just, you know, it's got a tarp there. It's all automatic conveyor system, all that push a button, boom, everything just falls right off the back, you know, just without having to have like a dump insert or a dump truck or whatever. So that's another cool concept there that I've been uh, having fun with trying out again. Um, there's links to that actually to, to save on both the ramp rack and truck mate. If you're interested in looking into those further and what they even are, again, I've made episodes on the podcast about both of those. So I'm not going to go into any details about that, uh, about those products any more than I already did, but you can look into it more yourself if you want and click the show link, um, in the, the, the description of this episode. And you can go ahead and check that stuff out and see what they are. And if you're interested, there's a discount code you can enter in and, and uh, save some money in there too. But so there's things like that as well that I've recently, um, acquired over the last couple of years to be more efficient. But, um, I, I that, that pretty much covers everything. So going into the GIE plus expo, if there are things that you want to, upgrade or test or maybe change or whatever. Maybe you want to go to all standards or maybe this or maybe that, whatever that it is. You know, maybe you're looking for aerators or you're looking for spreader sprayers, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, make sure you're thinking about that stuff now and have a little bit of a plan. Like, cause that's what I had with the stand on mowers. And I wanted to make sure that I demoed X amount of stand on mowers so that I could, um, make my best decision of which one I wanted to get. Cause the GIE plus expo is the place for that. And you can demo anything and everything and, and, and really help make your buying decisions. So, we're just about hitting the one hour mark here, guys. This is a super long episode. Hopefully you got a lot of value out of it and enjoyed it. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. Again, most of my IBG episodes are not nearly this long because I just don't have that much. Normally, whatever topics I'm talking about are not that in depth, but because I kind of had to go down the whole um, you know, history of, of, the, of my business from start to now, there's just a lot to talk about there. A lot of evolution, a lot of uh, concepts and mindsets of how I was, why I was thinking about, you know, what, why I did what I did and what I was thinking during that time and, and so on. So um, again, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for listening and I will catch you guys on the next one. This is Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.